Hello beautiful people and welcome to the Invisible to Invincible podcast, helping you find your inner confidence. It's hosted by me, Rebecca Allen, and you can find me on pretty much any social media at Rebecca Allen with four A's in between. Today I had the pleasure of speaking to compatibility and dating coach Caitlin, who was fantastic and gave me so many tips and I can't wait for you to listen in. And you can find her at The Compatibility Coach on Instagram and www.thecompatibilitycoach.co.uk. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> so thank you so much, Caitlin, for coming on to my podcast. Um, Caitlin, you are on Instagram as at The Compatibility Coach, I believe. And Yes, I am. Fabulous. And we met through Instagram and you are a dating coach and have plenty yeah. of advice for everybody today who has sent questions in. Um, we are in the era of pandemic dating and a whole different new way of getting to know each other from mm. what we used to. Um, a lot of questions have come in regarding that and how to maintain conversations with people online before we actually get to meet them. So it's, I guess it's a whole new different sort of way of dating and different coaching for you, Caitlin. Do you, what, how do you feel about it all now at the moment? It's so interesting and I do think this year has been a bit of a turnaround for um, kind of love and relationships and dating um, and actually what we've seen is people kind of all having to be online a lot more um, but on the flip side I have actually seen people when they are allowed out in obviously like the few months we've had this summer um, of making a lot more effort to meet in person. So it's quite interesting and people have almost had to go back to old school basics of like going for walks in the park or having picnics um, and everything like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one. That's so true. And I think as well, it gives you a bit more chance to get to really know somebody mm. when you meet them in person, um, yeah. which has its ups and downs, obviously the ups are that you can feel more confident about when you go to meet somebody and then the down mm. is what if you have <laughs> had this you know I don't know four or five weeks of conversation with someone you meet them and you're like no I know I know I know there does seem to be a bit of a, a sort of forced prolongment if that's even a word of um people kind of meeting and having to like keep the conversation going for a month or two months before they can actually meet so there is quite a lot of stress around that um but I always say try and move it off text as soon as you can, uh-huh. because also there's only so much you can talk about like via text when you're just sitting in your house not doing anything. So if you don't want to um, suggest a video date, even doing things like voice notes mm-hmm. and um, you know sending sort of like photos of what you're doing or you know phone oh good old fashioned phone call. Because you can actually start to see somebody's vibe a bit more um, and see what they're like kind of, you know, via a call and via just hearing their voice, let alone kind of through video. So I think you do get quite a good sense um, of actually whether you're going to connect with them, whether you're going to like them or not. Yeah, that's such a good point in terms of switching it up, switching the different mm. up. And what about red flags in terms of how we notice them before we go too far along the conversation yeah red flags is such a big topic um look there's there's not a cookie cutter guide to like spotting red flags what I always say is you it all starts with you 
so you know before you even think about dating or meeting somebody you have to be kind of comfortable who you are where you're at and be happy on your own um and kind of love the life you have and the more like love and security um and protection you give yourself the quicker you realize when it's not there with somebody else yes so with red flags i always tend to say look at how you're feeling look at what's happening in your body look at the reactions you're getting and do a bit of a deep dive into that because when you feel uncomfortable or you know something goes oh not sure about that you tend to make it all about the other person and try and analyze all their behavior rather than bringing it back to yourself and thinking okay what's this bringing up for me mm. am i actually all right in this situation and if i'm not then that's a red flag that's so true that's such a good point and is there a way to distinguish between it being a red flag and it being mm. an issue with perhaps you're not ready for a relationship or you're like we've talked briefly I think before about attachment styles and attachment issues yeah. is there a way to determine between it being them or it being you um I think there are, there are sort of common red flags um you know that's if they're really really cagey about their phone or they um don't ever want to meet up or they keep you at complete arm's length um or you know they kind of was a red flag for me is somebody um who does quite a lot of negging you know which is like negative comments towards you designed as a compliment to make you feel crap so stuff like that is quite easy to spot when it's about the other person um but to distinguish whether it's all them or whether it's something that's going on with you, it's really kind of doing the work on yourself. It's, you know, journaling it out. It's listening to meditation. It's seeing a coach, going to therapy, whatever it might be. Because the more work you do on actually getting to know yourself, um, the more you know what your triggers are, the more you know what your, issue, your issues are, the more you kind of know about your attachment style um, or kind of anything around that yeah. So yeah it's not and it's it's not an easy process and I always get asked oh how do I know if I like them or whether I'm self-sabotaging or how do I know if I don't like them and I'm self-sabotaging and it does a lot of it does come back to being able to trust yourself enough to make the right decision for yourself um and I think that it's so common to ask somebody what do you want from relationship what do you want from life like what do you like what do you do and people don't know yeah so the more time you spend like getting to know yourself the more kind of amazing stuff can come out of that and yeah. it makes relationships a hell of a lot easier and there's such a difference between how men and women approach dating and mm. relationships and I, I literally it blows my mind how different they are <laughs> like men will just slide into dms with completely inappropriate <laughs> stuff that women would never even yeah think of and expect a conversation to sort of spur off that. i know do you think like male attention span in terms of communication is slightly different in because mm. i guess in many ways I think there's this whole thing about um if they wanted to they would yeah and if they wanted to if a male wants to engage in getting to know you then it would make you make it very very clear but I know there's mixed opinions around that I don't know how do you feel about that hmm. um I think people kind of overcomplicate it a little bit hmm. um 
that there is yeah there are so many mixed signals there's so much this there's so much that but actually if you boil it down to the basics person meets person person likes person you get to know each other and you see where it goes um i think that mm, not to generalize but male communication tends to be they're coming from a perspective where everything they do is right okay. and they wouldn't really consider how they're coming across could be construed in a certain way or the fact that somebody wouldn't be interested or um you know i don't know it tends i don't know if you agree with this but in my experience it tends to be if a guy decides he's ready for a relationship yeah that's it he just he's ready and then he'll go and find one whereas again not to generalize but a lot of my female clients you know the idea of finding a relationship or meeting somebody or all of it seems a lot more complicated and a lot more kind of insecure um and a lot more pressurized rather than just thinking right I'm ready for relationship of course I'm great I'm gonna go meet somebody now yeah and I think as well like I've spoken about this before being single in the modern world is still seen as abnormal and I, I hate that so much yeah. <laughs> but particularly women because like men it's like oh lads you know I've got me pals we're all mm. good whereas women you know we'll be in a group and we'll be, it'll be like oh what's your love life you know centralize our whole I know of course yeah. and I do think um I did a post about this a little while ago but it's only really been over the last hundred years, which is a very short amount of time um, for things to change, that women have actually had control um, or some element of control over their like social standing, their relationships, their, you know, even being able to own a property. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's like 1980 that women were legally allowed to go into the pub and have a drink on their own, you know? <laughs> and it was like 19... 19- I think late 1960s where um, you could go on the pill, which changed everything about sexuality and stuff like that. So it is all quite new. So I do think people are still trying to figure things out and society's trying to adapt and, and everything like that. And then like our role models and our parents mm. as role models were in this sort of very, very new, I guess. Yeah. That. So we don't often have the healthiest role models to look up to. So I guess we're all trying to find our way with, you know, not yeah. being able to see. <laughs> so, yeah. And a lot of the like beliefs we have around like love and relationships um, and a lot of the, I guess, sort of lens that we see the world through is passed down generationally. So half of what we believe isn't even true to us. It's something our mother believes and you know her mother believed and her mother believed so it's um yeah it's a really interesting one to try and shift that um and see things from your own perspective but hopefully you know um if we have kids or our kids have kids there perhaps won't be that pressure on relationship status and that kind of you know stigmatization around being single yeah the world is changing and it's beautiful to see and I feel very blessed to be Mm -hmm. here at this time when we are Mm. age of everything changing obviously we still have a long way to go and there's still a lot of gaslighting a lot of narcissism both Mm. in male and female relationships but you know we're we're making progress and we're aware of it now and like this whole Mm. red red flag thing probably wasn't there like in the past we were like oh you know it's me my fault rather than actually this person's not is not right definitely and I think as well that you know, even going back 
50 years or something um when it was a lot less common as a woman to be able to financially support yourself and mm-hmm. kind of stand on your own um and you need to own your own house and to do whatever so of course a lot of your um you were a lot more dependent on your partner um so naturally the sort of power dynamic was perhaps shifted towards them so as you said gaslighting and everything else wasn't necessarily um as kind of well known I mean yeah. god it was it was quite a scary stat it was only like 1960s god I'm just reeling off the stats today oh it's like 1960s where um women finally had legal protection from domestic abuse and kind of rape within marriage and things like that so yeah you, you you just can't even imagine how <laughs> it's just absolutely mad so sort of circling back to online chatting mm-hmm. um how do you do you have any tips for obviously you've said about different communication yeah. techniques what about topics what kind of topics should we be covering in this i guess early stage pandemic style mm-hmm. online communication Okay, this is the point everybody hates, but it's something I get all my clients today. If you are looking for a relationship, you have to cover that in the early stages. Okay. Because <laughs> there is so much of, oh, yeah, I'm just looking to see how it goes and have some fun. And then you agree to it and say, yeah, yeah, yeah me too, because you don't want to look you know pressurized or whatever and actually what you really want is a sort of significant relationship you don't want to waste your time with so from the early stages I always say to clients you have to be quite clear with what you want and your communication around that um and not saying like on the first text message or on the first you know whatever um I really want to be in a relationship with you it's you know I'm in a really great place in my life. Like I've had loads of fun. I've done those traveling, you know, or whatever it might be. Um, and I'm really excited to meet somebody. That is such a valuable tip. I absolutely love that. I spoke on my, I did a podcast on, on specifically mm-hmm. online dating before about how like I tend to sort of go in straight away with who I am rather than tiptoeing and being like, Oh, I'm just yeah. going to be nice and quiet. <laughs> until they're interested and then I'll be a bit more myself because I think there's so much value to being clear straight away because then you're not going to get into this long dragged out sort of thing Mm. where you're like I don't know how what they're looking for I don't know what if they like me and whereas if you go in sort of right this is me you know this is kind of what I want and if they're not interested you're like okay cool bye I'm not attached to you I don't need to spend my time you know crying about it I completely agree because the more you are yourself at the beginning and the more honest you are about what you want then that's what people are going to be attracted to they're attracted to you know the real you and if they're not then they're just not the right person mm-hmm. you know because you pretend to be somebody else for two months doesn't mean they're going to like grow to love the real you when they get to know it because that's not what they were shown in the first place exactly. um you know I think there's a lot of fear around being vulnerable enough to be yourself and to say what you want um in the early stages of dating but it's such a power you know it's so attractive Mm. it's the most attractive thing in the world when somebody knows who they are who they are and they're confident enough to say what they're looking for or you know they've got well they're confident enough to have boundaries and to have standards you know it's 
it's really, really, really attractive. Yeah, absolutely. And then just another listener question in terms of how to not feel anxious that Mm. somebody else is going to move on. And obviously it's so difficult in this online communication way. Um, And I guess is that more somebody's internal issues rather than the actual communication itself? Like, what do you think? So do you mean, um, say if two people have been chatting online and then they're worried that that person's going to meet somebody else? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's, I think that's more about you than the other person because that's coming from a sort of fear mentality that you're, not going to meet somebody or you're you know everybody's going to leave or whatever it is rather than trusting that the right person is going to come along for you at the right time you can't make somebody be interested you can't make somebody only talk to you um you can't control what other people are going to do you can only look at yourself um and kind of control that aspect and be comfortable with with where you're at yeah because you don't want to be with somebody that you've got to like force to only speak to you or force yeah. to be interested in you. Exactly. That trust aspect. It's got to be, it's got to be there. It's got to be mutual. You've got to be relaxed about yeah. it. And I've learned that the hard way and I'm sure a lot of other people have oh as my well. God. Yeah. And I do. And also it's so difficult. And I do remember it's, you know, you, I feel like there is a bit of a sifting through a load of crap sometimes where you'll meet like one person that you actually want to continue talking to and however many and then there's a load of anxiety and fear around that because you know you've waited a while to meet them to need them to be the one um but it really is just about being able to trust where you're at and being able to trust that what is meant for you won't miss you really yeah yeah exactly I was, I was saying to somebody the other day like if if the universe or, or fate has it in store yeah. for you, why stress about it now when you know it's going to happen either way you know yeah. why so anxious about oh I need to message them now I need to, they need to reply now when if it's going to happen it's going to happen you know yeah I completely agree and that's um you know a lot of people come to me to work on relationships and because they want to meet somebody mm. and I always say the goal isn't meeting the other person for this the goal is getting you happy secure and excited about knowing that you're going to meet somebody so you can always park it and get on with the amazing life you're living yeah yeah I love that I love that and I guess from the other side of it we've talked about people being quite sort of almost desperate for a relationship and and feeling like they need to fulfill it especially females what about the other side of the spectrum where people are afraid to get into a relationship or um I guess from past experiences I like mm. oh I don't know if I can feel stable in a relationship anymore you know this whole um mm. disaster mentality of oh I'm never going to be in a relationship I'm never going to be good enough to be in a relationship or I'm never going to feel uh, you know somebody's always yeah. going to hurt me and all of that what about that when you don't want to get into a relationship for fear oh my god that was totally me um but I was saying like oh yeah I really want one I can't yeah you know almost that sort of like slight desperation um of meeting somebody but actually when it came down to it I was picking like completely inappropriate people that I didn't really even like and definitely didn't want to be in a relationship so <laughs> you what you do <laughs> what you tend to do is when you're attracted to people who aren't available 
whether that's they're already in a relationship or they're not emotionally available, whatever it is, it's because you are actually protecting you because you don't feel like you're ready to be in one. You yourself are emotionally unavailable. Um, and that's okay. You know, you don't always have to want to be in a relationship and um, self-protection is very important if you have, you know, experienced something traumatic or your barriers up a little bit but eventually you have to get to the point where your desire to build a life with somebody and to have kind of experiences in that way becomes more important than your fear of being hurt again Mm -hmm. and when you get to that point that's when you can start to take the steps to change so that's where you can start to look at what's going on you can start to process it um become very aware and hopefully let it go and again kind of build that security for yourself again yeah and on that note and I have spoken about it before in other podcasts Mm. what is your opinion on the dating apps the tinder the bumble the hinge especially if somebody perhaps is almost mindlessly going through them with no intentions but actually ends Mm. up making themselves feel worse because it's like this crazy validation tool as well um, you've just nailed it so <laughs> I I personally don't think dating apps are good or bad okay they're almost completely neutral in what they are but it's how you use them and it's about your intention using them because as you just said if you're sitting there mindlessly scrolling um then that's not you showing up with an intention to meet somebody to have fun with or to meet somebody to have a relationship with that's treating it like a game yeah because they are designed to be addictive so but it's it's like any sort of dating tool if you go into it thinking oh I'm really excited to meet somebody or I'm really excited to you know um get to know new people um I'm gonna use it when I feel good I'm gonna use it intentionally Mm. I'm gonna not be on it all the time I'm perhaps going to have one or two um, and put it down when I feel like it, then that's completely different. And it's, and also I do think there's a, people tend to be, I think fall into two categories, whether they really like the apps and think that's the only way they're going to meet somebody or they hate the apps, but are scared of missing out um, meeting somebody. And they think that that's the only way they're going to. And actually you can meet people in real life you know people have done it for hundreds of years (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's you know it's been able to show up in real life as odd as that sounds to say you know walk down the street and make eye contact with somebody yeah you know smile at somebody in a pub or start a conversation in tesco whatever it is (laughs) as long as you're open either on the apps or in real life then it's going to make things a lot easier yeah yeah no I I think that's so true so true and if you are speaking to somebody for ages and then eventually Mm. you meet up with them and you think no this isn't gonna work (laughs) how do you how do you deal with sort of both the fear of that happening and then that like what would be your advice on that front okay I don't agree with I think ghosting as well is another thing like I literally don't do anymore yeah because I feel like I hate it when it happens to me and I'm like if I'm gonna let somebody down I'm gonna Mm. I'm gonna tell them and I'll communicate it nicely to them Mm -hmm. um 
I'm like, look, I really enjoyed our conversation. I don't think we're right for each other at the moment. Um, yeah. That sort of thing. But I guess when it's face to face, it's it's a whole different kettle of fish then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I completely agree. I think, I mean, I've definitely been guilty of ghosting. Um, and actually my fiance reminded me that I was the biggest breadcrumber ever <laughs> to him at one point uh, <laughs> and I've been ghosted and yeah so I do sympathize um but I think you're right in that actually it's good I think it's good dating karma to um be able to say what you're feeling and whether you um like them or not uh and it is a lot easier over text in person if you I mean if you do want to do it in person um think obviously it would be towards the end of the day and it would just be a case of saying almost what you'd say in a message like yeah I have had a really really nice time um I'm not sure I'm feeling it on a sort of chemistry basis but Mm. I've really enjoyed our conversation so I would definitely be interested in being friends and chances are they're not going to be interested in being your friend but (laughs) it's obviously softening the blow a bit yeah (laughs) it's a bit like first dates isn't it when you've got to have that awkward conversation yeah I've never I don't think I've done that in person I think it's always been like the after text (laughs) yeah yeah that's so true I just think especially at the minute there can often be such a build-up of what you expect of Mm. when you meet somebody and if you are you know in lockdown or having a long conversation with somebody for ages and ages and then you sort of build up this whole picture in your head I mean I think mm. this is probably a female trait as well sort of designing this this how it's going to work mm. out how it's going to be you know this is this is it now and then you meet them you're like oh oh no <laughs> how do I <laughs> yeah but I mean that is where the power of video comes in right yeah yeah the power of video the power of phone calls you know don't just have a text conversation and like inflict a sort of narrative on them where you've decided how it's going to be and how you're going to feel like you've got to get to know them a little bit before and actually by having a video date you do think you can save quite a lot of time yeah that is true that is true you know I know it's never going to be the same as meeting a real person but you do get to see them you get to see their mannerisms their humor comes across mm. It's it's a fascinating, a fascinating meeting yeah. like this. It's just, it's bizarre. And like, I, I like I've withdrawn from all the apps now. Yeah. Like it was getting too consuming for me. And I, it's very, very unusual for me to like somebody. When I like somebody, I know mm. that it's genuine rather than it being sort of because I need, I feel like I need the attention mm. or, or someone's paying me attention. Therefore I must like them back, you know? Yeah. It doesn't happen that often for me now. And I do get messages and stuff, obviously with my social media. Um, I know that when I like somebody, it's, it's absolutely genuine, but how, how would, how do people distinguish between, am I liking somebody because I like somebody? I think we've sort of covered mm. it. Am I liking somebody because they're paying me attention? I think this is a, a, a bit of a female thing as well. I hate to generalize that. Oh, no, I don't know. I'd say that's almost more male. I'd really? say, yeah, I'd say it's deaf or at least equal. Um, well, that's actually, it's a really good question because now is probably the one time of the year where it's more apparent than ever. Mm. Um, and it's called like cuffing season yeah when you're um (laughs) it's cold and horrible outside you basically want to like cuff yourself to somebody and have like a hot water boyfriend or girlfriend (laughs) that you want because you don't have to go outside um and I think you can almost think of the whole year as being this season 
because we've obviously been in lockdown. Um, so I think you've got to ask yourself if it was summer and I was like fun and flirty and outside and doing what I want, would I still want to be talking to them like this? Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's brilliant. Thinking in sort of what would I do in, in that scenario? Yeah. Or if I was on holiday with all my girlfriends, like, would I still be interested in them? Yeah, because it's about like you having to adjust your life, I guess. And what do you feel about that in terms of sacrifice and compromise? What's your opinion on how much or if at all should be done in a relationship? Um, in in terms of how much they sort of change their lives and adjust so like somebody like me for example I don't know how I would find the time to be with somebody because I'm constantly doing things but then it's like if somebody was going to be a bonus to my life how much should I you know how much should I sacrifice how much should I make a compromise and say right I'm not going to do this on this day if at all if at all do you know that's so interesting because I do think there's a um quite a big thing that when you are single and you really do enjoy your life and you're busy and it's fun then there's a bit of hesitancy to think okay I've got to make room for somebody or you almost think I've got to I'd have to give this up and I don't want to so I don't want to meet somebody mm-hmm. um but actually it's when you meet somebody that you do want to spend a lot of time with or you do really like you would want to shift things around to be able to see them it's like your friends you know you make time to see your friends don't you you would make time in your schedule to see yeah. somebody that you really liked and you really fancied um I do think you of course the early stages when you're like falling in love and you're completely infatuated that it is that sort of heady head over heels want to be with them all the time um but I do think keep up your own interests keep mm keep what makes you 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 know keep what you're passionate about what you love doing um because hopefully your partner will have stuff like that as well yeah so you know you don't have to lose it all um I do think that there's always going to have to be compromise in a relationship um and it shouldn't just be one person compromising Mm -hmm. but you know hopefully that's stuff that you're both excited to adjust and compromise about um because you do have to you know it's a bit of a learning curve for me um you know suddenly when you're in a relationship it's not just you anymore yeah so you can't be constantly selfish or um you know make decisions that are just based on you if you're Mm -hmm. living with somebody else um like they're not even a factor so it is about building a partnership with somebody yeah that's so valuable. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin. Would you like to just say to the listeners a little bit about what you do, about what you're offering at the moment? Um, of course. Well, um, I work, so I actually tend to work with amazing single women um, who usually are like super successful, have a great life, you know, have loads of friends, but for whatever reason, just feel a little bit stuck when it comes to love. Um, so we I offer a three-month program where we'll run through everything from um 
you know, what's keeping you stuck in relationships, your blueprint around dating, you know, your blueprint with your parents. We'll do like a full inventory um, of your love life so far in order to figure out what the beliefs and stories that you're telling yourself that are holding you back. You know, what are the parts of yourself that you're scared to show somebody? What are the parts of yourself that you're kind of ashamed about in order so we can start um, working those out and releasing it? Mm-hmm. Um, so the first sort of month is quite um, quite intensive in that way. Um, but then the rest of it really focuses on where you're at at the moment. Um, what can we do that brings more joy to your life that makes you more you um what kind of person do you want to be with what are your standards what are your boundaries what are your values because nobody actually knows what the values are um we do lots of like meditations visualizations um sometimes even i'll get clients to, like take me on camera around their bedrooms around their homes and we'll do a little clear out or to kind of reorganize your furniture to physically make space for bringing somebody into your life um yeah doing some work on the body um sexuality whatever it might be really it's it's kind of bespoke to each person but um the dream you know kind of result for me with coaching would be not that somebody necessarily meets somebody but they're excited about meeting somebody that they feel happy and confident on their own and that you know it's all um yeah it's just all uh, sort of joy for them really amazing and what's the best way for people to contact you is it through your instagram or website or uh yeah my website's www.thecompatibilitycoach.co.uk or my instagrams um at the dot compatibility dot coach um and at the moment i'm full up but i'm starting my next intake clients mid-january so that's for one-on-one coaching um but i'm gonna be on my instagram soon about running consultation calls for that time as well so i do it all before so new year new you you know if you're ready to sort things out give me a buzz basically (laughs) thank you so much for coming on we'll have a little chat after this but uh it's been amazing having you and thank you so so much it's been amazing my pleasure it's been absolutely lovely talking to you on a saturday morning (laughs) 